Welcome back to the Veterinary Viewfinder. This week, what we are and are not looking forward to in 2019. This week on the Veterinary Viewfinder. Welcome back to the Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And this week, we are looking into our crystal balls and going to share with you some of the things that we're really looking forward to in 2019 and then maybe even some of the things that we dread a little bit. But before we get into all that, as always, I am your host, Dr. Ernie Ward. I'm Dr. Cindy Courtney. And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. And guys, it's that time of year where we sit down and reflect on the journey thus far and plan out the journey to be. And guys, there are some things I'm really looking forward to next year, but there are some things that I don't know. So, Cindy, let's kick it off. Just to start off with, like, what's the one thing that you're saying, yeah, 2019, bring it on? Well, I have to say, I'm excited that this new Revolution product is coming out. (laughs) Um, I am very excited for something that is going to help kind of do it all for our feline patients because I definitely want to make sure that my feline patients have tick control because everyone knows that side dog blah, 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 you know, cytoxonosis, if anyone can pronounce it better than I can, um, <laughs> is pretty deadly. And I don't know about you guys, but we we do have ticks and I want to make sure my patients are protected. And I find that it's pretty challenging for pet owners to give a combination of oral heartworm medications and topicals and all of that. So anything I can do to simplify life for my cat owners generally is going to make them happy. And when they're happy, I'm happy. Yeah. And, you know, we've been talking about it not only on the podcast, but on off-label vet news and all the other things, these super combo products. I've been incredibly optimistic for them. You know, they kind of have gotten delayed, but now it looks like the FDA is granting a lot of approval for combination products. I'm I'm with you, Cindy. I like things that make it easier. And anytime I can reduce the frequency or reduce the number of products, I'm going to be more successful when it comes to administering medications to pets. So Becky, what about you? What's that thing that has all the veterinary technicians just yippee-yay-yay for 2019? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I think there's um there's a lot of really amazing products and, and things coming out this year. Um, But I think f- when we're talking veterinary technicians specifically, I don't know if I want to point to any one specific product as much as I I do 2019 being a huge year for our profession. I mean, there is work going into unionization. There is work going into credentialing. We're seeing movement in the government houses in the states where the VNI is being pushed. And um, it's really exciting. And we have 12 more months of, of this. And 2018 was sort of the in- introductory year. And I feel like a lot of things for our profession are are gaining a lot of momentum. And I think 2019 is going to be the year for support staff saying, guess what? We're a profession. As I've always said, we are not a consolation prize. And I think we're going to see exciting things for vet techs coming up this year. Yeah. And I think one of the exciting ancillary movements along with the VNI and the unionization and all that is just the emphasis on corporations for, like you said, respecting support staff. I mean, we're seeing a lot of initiatives within the Banfields, the VCAs, and some of the other corporate entities to sort of say, look, are we providing adequate support, benefits, resources, and training for all of these, you know, paraprofessional staff, if you will? Are we somehow elevating veterinary technicians to that standard that they really should be? And are we offering a pathway for advancement? Because Becky, I think that's one of the things that's most frustrating for people that enter the profession that aren't veterinarians. They go, where do I go from here? 
I mean, exactly. In seeing the profession be a profession and not just like this job that I'm working. And and you're exactly right. And I had a wonderful meeting with a, a good friend of mine and, and, and a friend of the podcast the other day. And, and that was one of the topics of our conversation was for the longest time, veterinary technicians were not included as KOLs or key opinion leaders with industry. And they now are. You guys know I'm a tech champion for a Boring or Ingelheim, and they have a whole squad of us that go out and do education for just veterinary technicians and geared toward veterinary technicians and empowering and recognizing them. And it's just going to be an awesome year for us. I know it is. And and I think that it's not just because the industry is catching and respecting us. We're uniting. I think social media has helped a lot with that. And we have found camaraderie and strength in numbers. And it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I think for me, one of the things that I continue to be excited about is the humanization of pets. I mean, with this trend shows no signs of slowing down in 2019. Uh, what it really means is the rest of the world has kind of caught up with us, the veterinary professional who were always crazy about dogs and cats and horses and goats and pigs and cows. And, and now the rest of the world says, you know what, they count too. Uh, and along with that, I mean, the message that you're going to hear me repeating over and over again and the drumbeat that I'm beginning now to, to beat even louder is that around animal welfare and what are veterinary professionals, what's our responsibility when it comes to the welfare of livestock, of pets, of zoo animals. I mean, this is something I'm incredibly passionate about. I've got a couple of top secret things that I'm working on right now, but you're going to hear more and more about that. Uh, animal welfare and humanization, because I think they go lockstep. I think that one without the other is a little bit vacant. And I think that the public is going to increasingly question veterinarians when they say, oh, I'm, I'm for animal welfare. And then maybe they you know, don't support how we're treating livestock or whatever. I mean, we've got to, we have to get rid of factory farms. I'm sorry I said it. Goodbye. <laughs> we'll forgive you. It's, you know, but you, I mean, you're right. Where do we start to draw those lines? And in last year, when we talked about things coming up for 2018, one of the things we talked about, or I'm pretty sure I talked about, was the excitement of fear-free handling and low-stress handling and cooperative veterinary care really being introduced. And I think it's been introduced really hard and strong in 2018. And now those branches are spreading into those areas, Dr. Ernie. And I think you're right. It's so important and it's becoming something we're talking about more and more. And I really love that. And to that same um, kind of arm, I'm seeing a lot of behavior consultations, behavior lessons. I'm seeing a lot of outreach in the veterinary industry toward educating clients about um, better enrichment for cats, especially cats. I guess that's one thing I'm seeing is 2019 is going to be a good year for cats where we are recognizing them for and getting more handle on medication specific for them, um, treatment, behavioral enrichment for them. And um, that's pretty exciting. And again, an area where vet techs are really standing out. And since I'm being controversial about ending factory farms, I also would like to talk about accessibility to veterinary care. One of the more controversial trends that is continuing to emerge is that of this corporatization, I call it the Amazonation, the Walmartization of the profession. And it's no secret Walmart next year is going to open up hundreds of clinics, veterinary clinics in their stores. They're already doing it nationwide, but next year you're going to see those efforts double trebled, you know, who knows how many times more they're going to put emphasis on that. Now with this, I think the good is that people, pet owners, are going to have more access to vet care, which means standards of, of care for pets goes up. The potential downside is what is the definition of veterinarians moving forward? I mean, one of the things that you're going to see moving, you know, the messages around, around some of these companies is like, it's easier, low stress, you don't have to deal with all the headaches, no surgeries, no emergencies. And again, that's fine and I'm cool with that, but is that what a veterinarian really means? And Cindy, I think that 2019 is going to be the year 
that our profession has to make some hard decisions on what are we, what are our ultimate goals, and sort of where do we want to to point this profession? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that will be really challenging, especially with the increasing cost of education and figuring out whether or not that cost of education makes sense if what you're going to end up doing is giving vaccinations and doing wellness right. exams. I, I completely agree that we're going to have to grapple and find an answer for sure. Um, I think we're also grappling with some questions about telehealth, whether or not that's going to extend and whether and to what degree it's going to extend into telemedicine, truly creating veterinary patient-client relationships. I think we're going to see an explosion at the very least in teletriage, where we're assessing patients' uh, history and figuring out if they need to be seen immediately or not. Um, I think we're going to see even more of that. I think as veterinarians come to really love and enjoy the technology tools that they already have, uh, including being able to access our lab work and our radiographs and consultations, all digitally, we're going to see an increase in technology tools that allow us to stay connected to our patient's care. Um, I think there's an increasing demand to allow us to integrate work and life. Um, I know we've been talking a lot about work-life balance, but I see more and more people looking to have some ability to flex in between the two uh, to be able to try to balance those. So I'm interested to see what what happens with with technology facilitating that. No, I think you're absolutely right there. The tele-advice, tele-triage thing is going to be exciting to see develop over this next year. Uh, I keep preaching it, but this is an area where technicians are really, you know, shining and being empowered and and being entrepreneurial. And and I think that's really a, a wonderful thing. And I guess that's another thing for 2019 for me is um, as I continue to preach on about how uh, um, veterinary technicians are going to take over the world this year is more entrepreneurial opportunities. I'm seeing veterinary technicians are getting really innovative and I'm excited to see more developments um, from my colleagues as they find ways to become entrepreneurs and profession- more professionals empowered in this industry. Another way I'm really hoping in the upcoming year that we see all of our team members be empowered is by focusing on taking care of each other in the veterinary team. Yes. I feel like a lot of the wellness discussion, and you guys know this is one of my personal soapboxes when I'm out there speaking. Um, we talk about wellness. We talk about work-life balance. We talk about self-care, but we are such uh, helpers. We are such service professionals. We try to take care of everybody else. And I think it's really hard to get us to stop and to take care of ourselves. But I think we can leverage that. And I think what we can do is we can turn that around and we can start taking care of our teams and making sure that we are setting good role models for the rest of our team. Because goodness knows that we could spend every single waking moment at the spa, but if we work in a toxic work environment for 50 to 60 hours a week, we are never going to feel uh, completely well, and we are going to continue to have burnout and compassion fatigue. So I think uh, getting rid of those things and having a healthier work environment starts by taking care of each other and starts by breaking cycles of toxic behavior. So I'm really excited to see us tackle that more in the upcoming year. Yeah. And Cindy, I will say it's refreshing to me, you know, as someone who has long promoted these types of tactics. I mean, you know, I remember 15 years ago when I would say meditation and sauna, you know, vet audiences would kind of look at me sideways like, okay, there goes Ernie being all crazy again. And and I don't think 
it feels that way anymore. I know I, it seems like now when I mention this at, to audiences, you know, they kind of are receptive. So I, I hope to see those trends continue to emerge. One little bit of caution about uh, something I am worried about for 2019, and that is we may be facing some economic turmoil. I mean, right now, all indicators are that the this in, incredible boom cycle may be nearing an end. I mean, I think you need to be very cautious if you're listening out there. Uh, be careful because if you're under age 30 in the veterinary profession, you haven't really seen economic turmoil yet. You've kind of came into the workplace during the historic boom that we have seen. I mean, this is one of uh, economic prosperity that was for the record books. But uh, I do see some some definite concern for 2019. I don't know, Cindy, are you, are, are your bosses, any of the people in, in your husband's life, are they starting to say, hey, there's some uncertainty economically for 2019? So I don't think it's being actively talked about. I feel like there are kind of murmurings on the horizon. Um, I think everyone's a little bit confused as I think anytime we are in the middle of a boom, there's kind of that duality of everyone thinking like, oh no, this is just going to keep continuing right. or everyone being, you know, cautious and and thinking, hey, this can't last forever. And, and nobody ever knows when the boom is going to end. Right. So, cause I think just politically people were very hesitant um, even just a couple of years ago and things have continued to do well. So, um, but, but yes, I think, there are some some real concerns and some definite indicators in the economy that that things might become a little bit challenging in the near future. Yeah, so Becky, let's hope I'm wrong. Let's hope that some of these indicators will reverse. But I, I think that if you're listening today, you need to be aware that some of the things that we've kind of built up this profession on lately, which again, we're always at the at the the whiff and whim of discretionary income of Americans in, in general. Uh, we need to be careful because are we offering value? And I will continue to emphasize the importance of offering value for your services, not product sales, but services. Uh, because as long as you do that, you kind of can persevere throughout some of the economic downturns. In fact, you know, historically on my clinics, 2009, 2010, and 2011 were our biggest years ever. So you can persevere and even thrive during recessionary times, but just be careful. I, I don't know. Some of the stuff that we're, we're watching closely economically, uh, the forecast is a little, little dubious. So Becky, anything that you're sort of nervous about for 2019? Yeah, just to kind of weigh in on, on that economic side of things, I think one thing we're going to see is people shifting their demands. And I think tying into that is that people are going to want to know, they're going to have more questions. We are living in such an informed uh, generation. Yes. You know, it, it used to be, we just were like, well, you're the vet, you're the expert, you do what you need to do. And we didn't ask questions, but we live in a very questioning society now. And so I think we'll see people who have a lot of questions about what you're doing. Why is it valuable? And I think the important part there is for us to not personalize that and understand right. we're just dealing with a, a generational shift of people who, hey, have that, you know, okay, Google generation um, and dear Siri who can get an answer to any question that they want at any point. So, um, I understand there are economic changes, but I also think that there are going to be some, um, the, the, the change, I think there's going to be changes to the people that we're serving and how they expect to be served. And I think it's a good thing. They want to be an active part of animal care. Yes. I think that we're also going to see some changes on the veterinary organizational level in, in that same way that, I'm not sure that veterinarians as a whole feel like they are being served by their organization in a way that they want to be served. And one of the things that I believe a lot of us have found to be kind of frustrating is a, a lack of responsiveness to our 
questions and concerns and and requests for increased transparency and how we can participate in the process, Um, especially at a national level. Often um, members are just redirected to participate at a state level, and it doesn't seem like the message is being heard that, that that's not necessarily the area that we we necessarily want to be participating at. Um, I personally am somewhat frustrated to feel like the the line of succession has already been determined for the next several years in terms of ABMA leadership. And, um, and, and to be honest, I look at that line of succession and even though I know some of those people personally, and I think they're certainly kind people, I don't feel like they represent my interests or have my perspective on what this profession should be. And I find that incredibly frustrating. Um, on the flip side of that, to just backtrack a little bit on, on some of the things I am optimistic about, is I'm seeing an increased rise in the leverage and people power that women in this profession have, especially through organizations like uh, DVM Moms and the organizing power that groups like that have had to um, sway organizations and to come together um, based on some input from that group and widespread flaunting of employment laws. I'll be working with veterinary business advisors to put together some education and some protocols that women can use when they find um, that they're discriminated against at work. Um, We are uh, getting together with amazing group of not just veterinarians, but other veterinary professionals, including veterinary technicians and practice managers through Danielle Lambert's um, and Jessica Vogelsang's Snout School and Snout Squad, where we're trying to empower uh, other female voices in speaking so that when we get out there and are going to CE, you're not just hearing uh, how to communicate from men, which is obviously helpful as well, but from other women who've faced some of the challenges in communication that that we as women face as well. So I'm really excited about that and hoping that our kind of leading organizations can catch up there as well. And I've been grateful for um, from advocates and allies in our profession, especially uh, Dr. Lance Rosa, who's been a real advocate for uh, teaching negotiation tactics that that work for women in the veterinary schools around the country. So those are some of some of my thoughts there. Well, and Cindy, I'll, I'll even play the other flip side of this issue. Yeah. Let's not forget men, because yes. in all of this, uh, there does seem to be this this loss of the younger male veterinarian generation, and and a lot of those people are feeling left out. The reality is, we have a lot of young male veterinarians out there who do feel a little bit lost, and they feel like they don't really have anybody looking out for them. It was interesting. I just was having a, a group uh, of students, and and two of the men, uh, and there were only two. Out of the twelve or so uh, students there, uh, really brought this to my attention, and it's not something that I think we articulate a lot. So maybe 2019 will also be the year where we say, "Hey, you know, guys, there there's some special things for you as well." Yeah, and I, I think that's something we we may have ta- be talking about on a future podcast as well, with some concerns that have been brought up to the national AVMA and some potential opportunities for us all to learn from each other. So, yeah, absolutely, and and I will say, Cindy, I love what you're saying. It's it's a tough one. Because for us to be represented before our Congress, before the real government, uh, you know, we need the AVMA. And I, sometimes I'm like you, I feel like, well, who is leading? I know that when I reach out and try to get involved, often, you know, they, they, they're, 
It's a very conservative organization, and I don't know that this is the time for conservative leadership. I think that right now, our, our profession is confronting so many very, very serious challenges, and we don't seem to be leading like we should. So again, that's my own two cents. I am doing my part to try to stay as active with the AVMA, but uh, you know, it's, it's tough. It's tough sometimes. But I think that's a really great point is one thing I think we have seen in 2018 start to rumble a little bit. And I think this momentum, I hope this momentum continues into 2019 and beyond is more voices saying, wait a minute, my leadership isn't representing my wants and my needs. And and they're finding more ways to be involved and to be proactive and to be a part of the greater process, which I think is super important. And I do think I see more and more people becoming involved and becoming active in their leadership. And that's super essential. And so maybe through that bad, there'll be some good. Yeah. And, and Becky, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like on the technician side as well, um, regardless of whether or not everyone's in agreement, the fact that there are important things worth talking about and people stepping up, standing up to get involved and to stay involved because they care is something you're seeing on the technician side too. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's exactly sort of what I'm yes. saying is 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 that's what's happening. And on the technician side, if there are a lot of people who are super for the the veterinary nurse initiative that just don't like the particular name being used. There are people who don't like the movement at all. There are all sides. And it's a passionate enough topic. I think it's been one to ignite the conversation where people feel strongly enough about it. They're like, wait, I'm going to, I want to talk. I want my voice to be heard. And and that's what's happening. And so they're really becoming more involved in their leadership and how do they get their voices heard on the individual level? Because this is really directly affecting them. And I think it's one of the first times as a profession, we have, have really felt like something was affecting us so greatly as who we are as professionals that it has stemmed that. But I think it's so important because it may help to keep a lot of people elevated in that process and not fizzle out the passion of being involved politically on those levels, no matter what it is, because we're really seeing movement and change and hearing voices because of it. So, you know, it makes me think that maybe one of the things I'm looking forward to in the upcoming year too, and the reason that we try to tackle these tough topics is to just stay engaged with all of our listeners, with all of you who are are listening to this podcast so that you feel energized, you feel engaged, you feel passionate about your profession and the things that are going on in it. And so that you want to make a difference. And and we hope that we're making a difference by connecting to you through these topics. Absolutely. I mean, it's such an important opportunity. I think that we have to stem these conversations. And, you know, I, I, I do hope that people go into their practices and say, hey, you know what I heard them talk about today? It, 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 there was this, it made me think of this really cool thing we could do within the clinic. And to be able to feel like they're, they're making a difference, I know personally and individually, I really look forward to 2019 being able to be at least one of the voices out there for um, you know veterinary technicians and for veterinary professionals to be able to bring their point of view to the table. I'm honored to do that. And I look forward to more of that in 2019. Well, I guess uh, if we turn to our personal lives for 2019, as we wrap this up, I mean, for me, what I am most looking forward to is also the thing that I am the least looking forward to. And that is to see my first child go off to college. And that's a big life change. Uh, In fact, the Ward family may be uh, empty nesters because our younger daughter, who is a rising junior or will be in uh, high school, may also go to uh, school of science and math, so boarding school. So, you know, I'm, I'm super happy. These kids are doing amazing things with their lives and now they 
begin to 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 spring some independence on us. But at the same time, you know, Laura and I both are sitting back going, uh oh, <laughs> wait, what now? So again, 2019 will be a, a very interesting year for the Ward family. Looking forward to Madison going off to her college experience and then who knows what with Taylor. But uh, yeah, that's one of the things I think I'm I'm looking forward to in 2019. Cindy, what about you? Yeah, well, um, I would ask for everyone's good wishes and hopes. We're hoping to expand our family. Yes. Um, and then... So what, you're adop- adopting of- another dog. That, that's oh, oh yeah. well, new puppy. you know, you got to know new one puppy, way or the other. Yeah. <laughs> Fam- furry family member, you know, human family member, one, one way or the other, right? Um, and then in, in addition to growing our family, um, the, the one I'm dreading a little bit more is trying to actually grow my garden. My, my mother is the green thumb in our family. I can keep all the animals alive. She's really good at keeping the plants alive, but we've definitely got to do a pretty major garden makeover. So if you as listeners have any great tips for gardening in the Midwest, I would highly appreciate them. Feel free to reach out. (laughs) Um, so, so that is what is on, uh, the, the Courtney family agenda for the upcoming year. (laughs) Well, that's amazing. Good luck with that. I think for the Mosser household, we um, two are seeing a graduation this year. So my stepdaughter is graduating high school and she's actually uh, considering the Navy and is working on that process now to um, get herself enlisted after graduation, which is very exciting. We're very proud of her, the Department of Navy Overseas and Marine Corps. So uh, it's a very exciting time for us here. We bought a house in 2018. So yep. I'm just looking forward to not doing that. That was <laughs> all of 2018 for me. And that was insane amount of work. So we're really looking forward to settling in and continuing to make it our own and entertaining and having families and friends over um, whilst not planning to expend any of that. <laughs> (laughs) We are excited to just be making a lot of memories in our new home. Well, whatever you are looking forward to in 2019, we want to hear from you. Share your greatest expectations and maybe the things that you're dreading a little bit on social media. You can find us at Veterinary Viewfinder on Facebook, on Instagram, and at Vet Viewfinder on Twitter. We want to hear from you. Absolutely. And please go ahead and leave us a review as well. We love your feedback, knowing what you love about the podcast. When we add these little personal things, do you like that? Does it help you feel like you know us? We certainly love meeting you in person too. So um, we're going to be at a a series of conferences this year. So uh, feel free to come up and say hi. But again, leave us a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear what you think. And while you're there, don't forget to click to subscribe so you don't miss one great episode of The Veterinary Viewfinder. And as we end this year, thank you for your loyalty. And as the ancient proverb says, may you be blessed to live in interesting times. Bye. 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 Bye, 2018. Bye, 2018. Hello, 2018. Is the graduation one? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Should acquaintance be Leave them behind. <laughs> Also, uh, fingers crossed for no huge hurricanes.